This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the rent. Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that city. Hey there, howdy. Your other side of Texas, where you hang out and you tell your friends you hang out, and here we are hanging out here in the studios where Buddy Holly became famous, AM580. I'm your host, Jay West, Texas Leeson. Probably one of our best shows coming up for you. Here, as we are in the Racer Car Wash Studios, voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across Hub City for the best wash around. Guaranteed. You need a lot of things in Lubbock, but you especially need a good VIP line, and that's where you'll find me in the tundra at racercarwash.com you want to be a part of the program your thoughts 806-745-5800 that's 806-745-5800 text your thoughts in there big show today because we have former Amarillo mayor who was a mayor a really long time ago no disrespect to Jerry Hodge, uh, pulled a $10 million proposed gift to Texas Tech protesting what's happened there at the university. I will tell you straight up what the audio you're going to hear coming up about 525, 530 or so is from, uh, it's been pre-recorded. I've already heard it. And not going to have time to do live analysis on the program but what i want to start with is this if you don't think that robert duncan bob duncan is going to be vindicated in everything that's happened then i've got a ski resort in potentially a vet school maybe in amarillo Thank you. Late on that Regent Gate music. I know College Station loves to hear our Regent Gate under my thumb music. If you don't think that Bob Duncan is going to be vindicated at the end of this, I've got a ski resort in Amarillo and perhaps a vet school to sell you. I think that Chairman Francis, Chairman of the Board of Regents, what you're going to hear coming up here in about uh, 20 minutes from now, 20, 20 or so minutes from now, you know, I, I just think that he has to be under his desk uh, listening to what's about to be unloaded on him. It's, um, it's pretty devastating, especially if you're under reappointment. But I think what you'll hear Jerry Hodge say is that he doesn't just want the non-reappointment of Rick Francis, he does not want to burden the governor with even having to mess with this, that, quote, Francis should do the honorable thing and resign right now. A um, couple other notes from the interview are that uh, we're having it all transcribed right now, by the way. We'll have it up on the website tonight, othersideoftexas.com. Uh, another note is, what? Oh, yeah, it was this, that <laughs> I can't read that text online. That's defamation. Uh, Jerry Hodge says that he will provide free land in Amarillo to put the dental school in Amarillo instead of El Paso. He breaks that news here that he will he will himself put up 
the land. Now, where I failed as an interviewer was to say, would you put back in your $10 million for the vet school if and the land? Uh, and I bet you I could answer that real quickly. I tend to think that uh, he, Jerry Hodge, is now at uh, happy hour. He may not have an answer for that. But I'll tell you what. While I'm playing his interview, I will try to get that answer for you and then come back in to close the program. How about that? Also, uh, to span out a little bit, my understanding now is that on September 30th, by September 30th, you're going to have some answers on who owes what in Ragergate. And so we look at this and... You know, a little over two weeks from now, we'll know who owes, who's owed what, and who's not going to get their money there with Ragergate. Our friend Chris Lovell, big ball game this weekend. I think we're all looking for, I think that Houston and Texas Tech will tell the tale of the tape on what Tech can expect the rest of the season. Tech holds it close and goes at Houston and gets Houston, then you know, outcomes may be a little bit better than expected. Uh, Chris Lovell knows this better than anybody. And also, what in the hell cakes is going on with, we won a cotton game. Is cotton red? No. Is cotton black? No. Cotton is white. Why won't Houston let us have a cotton game? We're going to hear from Steve Rett, Plains Cotton Growers, tomorrow on the program about the importance of cotton in the region. But why in the world? Can't we have a cotton game? That's a question that a lot of people are. We can't have the cotton game, but you got to be wearing products that aren't the color of cotton. And also with Verrett, we'll talk about the virtue of wearing what my four-year-old calls farmer armor. He doesn't call it under armor. He he's just learned. I did not teach him this under armor. Not made from cotton. It's what everybody seems, a lot of people seem to wear to the games. Uh, We'll see what Verrett has to say about that. But get into some Texas Tech football. Big program for you. Chris Level followed by Jerry Hodge in an exclusive interview. That's what we bring you here. The news, views, and issues of the other side of Texas. Right here. Stick with us. Going to go make some money. Some Jerry Jeff to carry out and some Chris Level to bring you back in right here. AM 580. All I know is you got to keep trying. Got to let down and keep from The only sure thing is Texas and dying. And you love it makes a living worthwhile. Hey, welcome back in. The other side of Texas just raving on here. Uh, this segment, uh, this program brought to you by our friends at Mullen Horde and Brown. Uh, other side of Texas brought to you by Mullen Horde and Brown LLP with offices in Lubbock, Amarillo, and Dallas, employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in the areas of commercial litigation. Banking, financial restructuring, and employment law, and estate planning. He is here each week and gives you the heads up on what's going down, the preview for the game to come. Red Raider music there for Chris Level, RedRaiderSports.com. How you doing, Level? Coach Leeson, how are you uh, this afternoon? Hey, Coach Leeson, <laughs> I don't think that that would last very long, Level. Um, all sorts of things to get in here with, buddy. Uh, I want to start, you know, we do, we talk about news and politics on the show and crossover uh, with you and the sports. What is the deal? I was just talking about it in the monologue. Houston, the home team, well, we want to wear white on Saturday, uh, but Houston says no, and it's also the cotton game. What is <laughs> right. that? So tell us what the sports politics is that's going on behind the scenes. So, you know, I mean, Texas Tech has celebrated the commodity of, of cotton in recent years with this celebrate cotton game, and this is not something new, and, and I think that uh, – they have gone out of their way to kind of tip their cap to kind of one of the big time commodities here in West Texas and, and cotton. And then they, they have every year worn, worn white jerseys. Well, the way the college football rules are, are stated, 
that the home team must wear the white or light colored, excuse me, the, the, the road team gets to wear the light or colored uh, or lighter jersey or whatever. And yeah. the home team must wear the colored one. Sorry, I'm talking in circles there. And so, but you can request from the opponent to, to wear like, okay, we're at home. We want to wear white, but the other, uh, the, the other guy's got to sign off on it. And so a couple of years ago, Louisiana Tech came in here uh, and Skip Holtz, Lou Holtz's son, and he kind of balked at it. It was like, yeah, we're not doing that. And then I think upon further reflection, they were like, okay, that's fine. You guys can wear white jerseys. And so they, you know, and, and nobody really knew about it. Well, Houston has just got their heels dug in and they're just not, they're not going to bend. And I think initially this request was sometime way back in the summer. And, and it was originally denied. And I know that there's parts of the administration of Texas Tech that have reached out to their counterparts at Houston and even Cliff even called Major Applewhite, the head coach of Houston, within the last week or so. But Houston is, is basically, I think, you know, this is what we're doing. And I think what they feel like is it gives them some sort of minor advantage because it's a lighter jersey and it's supposed to be a hot day. And what? so their guys won't be as hot. Come on. So, that's, yeah, it, it, it kind of makes you roll your eyes Because whenever I look at it initially, and now, I mean, things have changed a lot since, like, Spike Dykes, where everything was handshakes. Now you've got all sorts of sponsorships on the table, all sorts of folks who present the, make the jerseys and put forward these contracts with the schools. And what I thought initially was this may be about the money. It might be that Houston had a required set of jerseys that they were required to wear. Oh, uh, thanks. Thanks for that drop, Daniel. Um, but it, <laughs> it may have been about the money, and it might have been, well, we can't no. do that because – but you're saying it's because they believe Major Applewhite – may think that they have some sort of advantage in wearing a light color? That's what indication has been given to me, and I strongly believe it. And, and whether you can call it, and, and maybe at some level, it's gamesmanship. Okay, these guys want to do this. We're just going to say no. I mean, and, and it's bothering them, so let's just keep saying no. Who knows what the angle is, but it, it, it seems kind of petty. And, and, and here's the flip side of it. Okay, it, 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 it seems silly that they're doing this, and I think it's bothered a lot of folks at Texas Tech, and, and I think understandably so. But the flip side is this is also what makes college football so much fun. It's like the pettiness. The, the, you don't get this kind of thing in the NFL, yeah. really. Okay. And then that's kind of the part that you, makes you want to tune in a little bit and you know, or, or go to the game and kind of maybe yell a little louder. I mean, who knows what, but this is the yeah. kind of thing that makes college sports so much fun. So it's somewhere. So as I look at this politically and economically, it would be the equivalent of tech going in and Houston wanting to have a sugar game instead of a cotton game. Right. So <laughs> we want to have so, but, but Cliff say, no, we think that we have an advantage wearing white or even better somewhere between sugar and like Harvey relief that, you know, we're going to wear these jerseys this weekend and Tech saying no. Because, you know, people who list this program often hear me say within a 100-mile radius of Lubbock, Cotton does $5 billion a year in annual economic impact. And so whenever you're looking at a major industry or maybe a major recovery, whatever it might be, I don't think that sugar does quite that much in Houston, but uh, – it's still, I guess you're right. It, it makes it intriguing that we're going to be petty. Yeah, I mean, and, and what's what makes me kind of roll my eyes at the whole thing is that if if, if Houston really thinks that it, there's any kind of advantage of playing in, in in a lighter jersey in this kind of heat compared to what they deal with on a day to day basis and the humidity in Houston, I mean, I find that to be laughable. I mean, but or or you or you have a very uh, mentally weak football team, one or the other. I yeah. mean, it's just, well, and that's why I think there's probably some gamesmanship here to where you just got your heels dug in and they're just not going to bend at all. But isn't it? Uh, I think this weekend it's supposed to start raining because of hurricanes coming in, and uh, like we may all want to wear white to the game, but we may all wind up wearing ponchos to the game. Yeah, that's all right. I think there's about a 50% chance of rain, yeah. and there's no doubt. I, I just look for a little cloud cover. That's all I'm looking for. So, I don't need any precip <laughs> or a lightning delay or anything like that. Cloud cover do me just fine. So you're there on the sidelines. Chris Level, Red Raider Sports with us here. You're there on the sidelines. I sit in section 120, about the 35-yard line on the south side, first level of the second 
of the second level. How many ever times I can say level speaking with Chris level, <laughs> but I sit right behind the student section. And so my kids are always looking up at me and saying, why did that kid down there just fall down? And I, I can't tell them about Jim Beam or Jose Cuervo, <laughs> right? But I, I know what they did, but it's not supposed to be very hot this weekend. But uh, do you ever, do you ever, do you ever just look up in the stands and think, man, that kid is way too gone. Like that kid's passed out, <laughs> drunk, gone. Life lessons in the stands at Jones AT&T Stadium, right? I mean, yeah, it's just like uh, like Chris Beard says about going to Waterburger at two in the morning. He just it's a good, good little snapshot of America. <laughs> uh, well, when you when you look up at the stands in a college football game on a Saturday afternoon, yeah. especially in the student section, yeah. I, I've seen I've seen a lot worse at other places in the Big Twelve than I have in, in Lubbock as far as how our students. Uh, operate and get sauced up and all that that's just kind of part of the part of the deal right yeah i you know i'm like the angry old dad hey sing the school song sing the fight song <laughs> right i got four i got eight little ears right here with me so 50 50 that it rains is it 50 50 that we win level it's gonna be a tight game i really think i think you know that you, you'll see most people feel like this will be a close game i think that uh, houston is very athletic you know, and, and there's probably not another program in the country from a coaching staff standpoint that ha- understands the Houston program more than this Texas Tech staff. Because I think, what, six guys on Cliff's staff, including Cliff himself, have spent time at the University of Houston. So they're well aware of, you know, you know, and, and you get you get Houston kids for the most part. In tech, East Texas kids, there's some speed down there. You don't, you don't get dealing with a ton of size, but they have a you know, defensive tackle named Matt Oliver who's a Heisman Trophy candidate. So this will be a – a nice test, and hmm. Houston, and this isn't the politically correct thing to say, but Houston is going to look like one of your middle-tier type Big 12 teams. That's just the reality of it. I mean, they're, they're well-coached, uh, they've got talent, um, and, and team speed, and that's a scary combination. So, Jet Duffy came in last week. And we had already left, admittedly. We left at halftime. My four-year-old was just clocked out. Tried to get on the stadium camera several times, busting moves during um, <laughs> during all okay. the music. But I think we left like forty-two nothing, and I said, "Okay, well, we can go ahead and leave." And people can like say whatever they want to about me on the text line there. But seventy-seven, but still, Jet comes in. I mean, we got controversy here. Is this Rob Peter Cliff Kingsbury? I mean, where are we right now? I, I just don't think you do at all. I mean, because Alan Bowman was twenty-two or twenty-five. And I think he just hasn't done anything at all to, like, suggest that he can't handle this. And I think with Duffy, you saw the athleticism. You saw the speed. You saw kind of the dynamic part of it. But you also see he just throws it right to the Lamar corner. Doesn't go through his reads at all. Hmm. Just makes a, a mistake right in front of Coach Kingsbury. And just and that's kind of – that's his game right now. He's just kind of all over the place. And I think a lot of people – you know, again, we, we talked about it a little bit last week. You, you, you're intrigued by door number two or door number three, whatever that mystery guy is, because you, you want him to be like the next insert great quarterback here. And I just – I think right now what's outweighing Bowman over Duffy is just that he's got a better understanding of things. It's cleaner. It's crisper. He's not making mistakes. He's also making plays. And I get it. He's not the dynamic athlete that Duffy is. But I think until he does something – that causes a problem there or causes you to lose a game or causes the offense not to be efficient, then I think it's his job. And then McClain Carter may be back in this equation next week, and that's a whole different set of wow. questions. And what's his injury exactly with McLean? Yeah, he's got a high ankle sprain. Oh, you know, that, that, and that, that hurts. A little bit to, yeah, that hurts. And, and the thing with him, if he can't run around and be mobile, then, then what, what good is he to you from the standpoint of, I think Cliff said it best, he can't do what he's really good at, then we, we want to hold him out until he is. And I think that's kind of where you're at right now. But next week, that may be a different conversation. So, levels, keys to the game. I'm sitting there, and I will be sitting there, whether it's – I guess i got to go buy a, a white rain jacket or something. But I will be sitting there. As I watch the first quarter unfold, what are many of the keys to whether or not we're doing well, uh, whether we're mm-hmm. on our way to a victory? You have to be able to run the ball, and I think you have to be able to tackle them in space. Um, you know, so there, there's one on each side of the ball. They will spread you out, and they're going to take a ton of shots down the field. And with that, they're going to hope that they're, that your linebackers and your secondary are more worried about those shots down the field, and it's going to open up their run game, or so they hope. And so this, and, and, this is going to be Ole Miss revisited. 
Well, if you're not careful, I mean, but this will be a little bit different style. They don't have the talent level that, that Ole Miss does. But, I mean, the, the premise is largely the same, yeah. I mean, if, and that's what happened in Ole Miss. You just give up those giant big chunk plays, and you simply cannot do that. Or Houston, uh, and this quarterback, not quite as experienced. I mean, he's a good athlete, but he's not super accurate. And he doesn't have, you know, the, the whiteouts that Ole Miss had, certainly. But uh, they've got some speed, and, and they will try to spread you out and take some shots downfield. So you better, you know, you don't, you don't want one of those cheap personal foul penalties or pass interference penalties either because you didn't have your head turned around and, yeah. and all that because they will take some shots down the field. So, number one, I'm watching for the pettiness of Major Applewhite not wanting to uh, <laughs> let us wear white jerseys. Number two, and I'm not throwing batteries while I'm pointing at that, that pettiness. Number two, we're stopping the run game. And number no, three, you need to be able to run it. And then you need to oh, be able to tackle in to the open field. It. Yeah. Okay. But because, we got to tackle yeah. in the open field against them, but also protect against them going over the top. Correct. Absolutely. You nailed it. All right. Put uh, that on the whiteboard, man, and we'll execute it flawlessly. Let's uh, let's get it done. Um, <laughs> there we I, go. I don't know if you heard John Sharp on the mobile call the program yesterday, but um, – he wants beard, but he also wants to turn uh, the USA arena into a, uh, I think, uh, as he said it, a, uh, a place to show his prize sheep and uh, expand uh, a uh, sheep ride-sharing service, uh, innovative technology down there in A&M. If folks want to, <laughs> you don't have to comment, if folks want to uh, <laughs> sign up for RedRaiderSports.com, tell them how they do it, Chris Level. Yeah, absolutely. Go to RedRaiderSports.com, and uh, we'll, we'll try to cover Texas Tech Athletics as uh, good as anybody. And uh, you can cuss and discuss right there of all the wins and losses. Yeah, not cuss too much. You might be taken down <laughs> by the chief moderator, Chris Level. That's right. Hey, I uh, appreciate Thanks. you making time. Look forward to hearing about the coaches show that you got coming up at 6, uh, six on uh, 97.3, right? That's right. Yes, sir. Thanks, Jay, for having me on. Appreciate you, my man. Chris Level. Appreciate you, bud. Have a great show, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Hey, uh, there you go. Uh, We'll be there. Tell tell Cliff we'll be there. Is that uh, the old? old tagline hey where we are going to get is to a commercial break right quick and then we're going to get you exclusive audio with jerry hodge right here pulled a lot of money out 10 million dollars fed up are you fed up get in with jerry hodge right here after the break stick with us here on the other side of texas Hey, the next segment that so many are listening in for brought to you by Title One, Lubbock's digital real estate and title escrow company. Title One is committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. See how Title One can serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs at TitleOne.com. Prim Nagley and those folks will hook you up. Earlier this afternoon, able to have an exclusive interview with Jerry Hodge. And uh, I think he explains who he is pretty well, as do I, in the audio that you're about to hear. Your thoughts? 806-745-5800. Get to it after the interview. May break in a little bit throughout to play some more commercials through which we make some money here on this program. But Jerry Hodge, in his own words, about why he took, withdrew $10 million back in a proposed gift from and to Texas Tech University. Here it is now. A former mayor, Jerry Hodge, is a well-known name in Amarillo, but all of a sudden... He's a household name in West Texas and Red Raider Nation. Jerry Hodge, thanks for coming on the other side of Texas. Hey, thank you, Jay. I appreciate the invite, I think. <laughs> how uh, how long were you mayor there in Amarillo? I was mayor two terms on the city council, two terms before that. And do you miss it? No. No, I had a good time, and I enjoyed it. I was... Uh, 
I was 30 years old when I was elected mayor, so it's been a long time. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it and uh, really loved the city of Amarillo and, and uh, have always tried to make it better. Well, we appreciate you making time. We have, we have just described this whole cluster, Jerry, as Regent Gate. That's just a, way, a simple way to talk about everything that's gone down since August 13 uh, in Robert Duncan announcing that he was, quote-unquote, retiring from Texas Tech University. Your name has come up since Sunday evening, as we broadcast now, uh, late Sunday, about midnight, a Texas Tribune story comes out, and that was the first name that your name, to my knowledge, had been put into public play so far as a gift, a proposed gift of $10 million. I want to start with some confusion that has surfaced around all of this and give you the opportunity to talk through it all. Uh, you and I, of course, earlier in the week, uh, you let me have access to an email, and I want to read a line of that email to which you wrote to a Texas Tech official. I don't like to be called out of the blue by a reporter about our planned gift. Now, in the story itself, here's the paragraph. Another talking about the longstanding or some conflict that's gone on sometime between the Border Regents chairman. Rick Francis, and former Chancellor Bob Duncan. Quote, another source of internal strife was a proposed gift for $10 million and how those funds would be split between a vet school and a pharmacy program that would be given the donor's name. Uh, where I want to start with this is there are two people, three people who are quoted. There's the governor's spokesperson, there's Bob Duncan, there's Rick Francis, how do you think this uh, Texas Tribune reporter, Shannon Najmabadi, even got hold of this information? I have no idea. From my uh, knowledge, after it all broke, it evidently came out of the executive session. I would have to assume that it was probably from one of the regents, but I do not know that. Okay. Is that where your assumption still stands? Absolutely. Uh, to the reporter, Shannon Najmahat body, right? So tell me about, this is my understanding of gifts, and you've been, and when did this process begin? Is it months about ago? Two, about two, no, about two years ago. Okay. When, when the, the, uh, the vet school was first started being discussed, uh, I met with uh, Chancellor Duncan, and I don't know, maybe one other from Tech, and basically laid out his goal. And actually, it may be a little longer than that because it was when Texas Tech baseball team was in the World Series for the first time, College World Series. Okay. So we just—I'm a big baseball fan, and by the way, I still got a, a three, two years of eligibility left if Tech needs a player, but. Uh, a heavy uh, hitter. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's that's how far back it goes. Now, we didn't start talking about a gift back then, but mm -hmm. he laid out, you know, about the vet school, the need for it, and the research they had done and how, uh, how they proposed to structure it, and I was impressed. Okay, so Tim Tadlock's ears just perked up. We've got Jerry Hodge with us here on the program. It's my understanding that universities, and it's not just tech, they go to great lengths to protect donors. Uh, and so it was surprising to a lot of folks, including me, and I've followed this rather closely, to see your name in that report. Uh, $10 million, was that all to go to the vet school and... When, where does the pharmacy school get involved in all of this, Jerry? Well, let me, yeah, let me tell you the history of it. When we finally, uh, we had several conversations back in the spring and then sometime this summer, early, maybe, maybe June. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember exactly. Uh, we had an agreement. The agreement was that Margaret and I would. Uh, do the $10 million gift 
it was all to go to Texas Tech Vet School. And if for some reason it did not get approved by either the legislature or the coordinating board, then that money would revert to the pharmacy school. The, the vet school, if it weren't approved, it would all revert to the pharmacy school, correct? Yes, and okay. at no time, at no time ever did I know until the last week that there was a discussion about splitting it up. No one approached me on that. But you have talked with folks since then that have told you that yes. it's going to be split up or... I don't. They want. They used the term monitor. I don't know the term that they used, but that was supposedly the meeting that we had scheduled for this past Tuesday. That did not. We did not. Actually, we ended up meeting with some of them, but we did not discuss anything about the gift or uh, or what happened in the executive session about the board not voting for the gift. You know, but we did end up meeting, but it was just a casual, uh, friendly meeting, and they basically said, sorry, you got drug into all this like this. Yeah. Uh, so whenever I look at this, and again, I'm still on the topic of confusion, and we're glad that you're making time, and we'll go as long as you want to to get us through this on your own terms, but that your name gets caught up in some sort of honorary naming or naming rights of a pharmacy school. And for people who followed this, Jerry Hodge was instrumental with then Chancellor John Monford to get the pharmacy school to Texas Tech in the 1990s. Did you ever ask for naming rights or to have your name put on that building as a part of this $10 million gift? Jay, I don't think so. And I don't recall ever doing that. It was brought up at one point uh, several months ago, and I thought it was a nice gesture. But let me tell you, when John Mumford and I made worked on the pharmacy school together, he was a, a state senator and chairman of the Appropriations Committee. Oh, okay. Thank you for that correction. Okay. So... I'll, I'll, help, y'all, I'll help you all I can. <laughs> I appreciate that. Jerry Hodge, as we go on here in this interview on the other side of Texas, I want, I've talked with people out trying to understand where this money might have been. Was it, so to me, it's was the $10 million divided up without your knowledge? Or was it that, and I talked with somebody at another Texas university, I can't go into depth, trying to get perspective on how gifts are run these days, but I was told that they're invested almost like like T. Boone's Pickens's gift at OSU, that it was invested and it became more money, that maybe your $10 million could have been invested, more money brought in. And this is how it was explained to me from somebody outside of Lubbock was that maybe it would accrue interest, it would accrue earnings, and then the school, the pharmacy school would be named after you with the extra Jay, I have no knowledge of that, so you got more information than I do. So, okay, so here's, and I'm about to just let you riff as much as you want to, but I'm I'm working through my set of questions first. Big gifts and these proposals can be handled outside of the Board of Regents, and I'm wondering why yours was brought into the Board of Regents. Maybe it was because of the naming rights that got involved, apparently without your knowledge, but whenever they're brought into the Board of Regents, they're brought into open session. Uh, why do you think this went into closed session? Was it just about naming rights? Uh, Jay, you're asking me questions I can't answer. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe maybe Duncan was trying to be on the up and up, uh, trying to give them an opportunity to take a pass at it. But we know that the vet school... And I've written about this extensively. I'm going to state my opinion, and I want you to just go from there. You don't have to concur, and I know you, Jerry Hodge, will correct me if you disagree. But it seems to me, and I think it seems to anyone looking from the outside in here, that there was a point in time in which tech was made to decide a vet school or a dental school. You've got the chairman of the board of trustees from El Paso. 
that's obviously a threat to him where the dental, proposed dental school was going in El Paso. Some would say it'd make perfect sense for your gift to be opposed and maybe even some of those parties applauding you withdrawing $10 million from the vet school because they feel like the dental school uh, is the top priority. It's a priority for them and they don't want competition with it. What do you think about that? I have, I cannot answer that, Jay. I don't know, but it, you know, the fact you, you make a $10 million gift and they don't vote to accept it. What can you draw from that? Hmm. My, my, uh, my thoughts, and I may be wrong, but it basically is they did it for some reason to, you know, go against the, the vet school. I don't know. Okay. Uh, if I'm chairman of the Board of Regents and I have a reporter, a statewide, statewide reporter, in a story in which I'm talking about a donor knowing or understanding at least how much universities try to protect big donors. And I would put you in big donor category. Like I give to the Red Raider club, but you gave $10 million. Um, I proposed to give 10. Okay. That's a good correction. But did you, did Rick Francis ever call you before the story came out? Because we know that it was supposed to come out maybe on Friday. That's what all the buzz was. They waited until Sunday night. Has Rick Francis, did he call you before? Has he called you after as a potential major donor of the university to have any sort of conversation about all of this being drug out into a statewide forum? I have uh, never spoken to the chairman. I have never spoken to any region of Texas Tech. I have not heard from anybody, period. Even the four that voted for uh, Chancellor Duncan. I haven't heard from anybody. Hmm. I think maybe, I don't know, the only one I've heard talking at all is is the chairman, and, and maybe the cat got the rest of his tongue. I don't know. I think they ought to step up and say something. Let's uh, let's talk about the chairman then, uh, because a lot of people on the show, this your names come up, of course, a lot. It seems, well, I think it's pretty clear that the chairman has over and over again in the Avalanche Journal and his first op-ed and then in this follow-up in the Texas Tribune essentially said Robert Duncan had to go because we had a $5 million disagreement over the course of four years. Uh what do you think the chairman thinks whenever he sees that somebody pulls out a, a proposed gift of $10 million twice of whatever the conflict was about in the systems office, the system office budget? Uh, he kind of has, I think a lot of people would say that, that he has it all over his face now once you, once you pulled out there, Jerry Hodge. Well, I don't know that. You need to ask him that. I've never spoken to him. He's never called me. I've, to my knowledge, I've never met any of the regents, the current regents at all. Okay. And uh, uh, so I, I, you're asking me some things that I can't answer. Okay. So just now it's your turn. I've got my questions out there. Just give us a lot of people listen to this program, a lot of red and black people listen to this program. Your general thoughts, things you want people to know and things that you want done at the university. Jerry Hodge. Well, I think I'd like to start first and tell you my background with Texas Tech. I did not go to school there. I went to school in Oklahoma. Uh, I've lived in Amarillo since I was 13 or 14 years old, graduated from high school here, went back to college in Oklahoma. Uh, but Governor Bill Clemens pointed me to the Texas Department of Criminal Justice Board back in, gosh, in the 80s sometime. This is when Texas was under the Ruiz lawsuit, and I think our fines were like $800,000 a day because we're in contempt of court. And he told me to, I'd never been in a prison before, but he said, straighten out the health care. That's the biggest problem we got. I'm giving you that background 
so you'll know how I got involved with Tech. We got our friend Bernie Mittemeyer, who is still at Tech, and we got the head of UTMB together, and we decided that to give the best health care, we needed the two universities' health science center. They both stepped up and helped us, got us out of the Ruiz lawsuit. And it was it was a good deal for the state of Texas. They had to save us at least 10%, and they did that. Plus, it was a very profitable deal for both Texas Tech and UTMB. After that, I worked with John Montford to get the pharmacy school in Amarillo. Texas Tech, to me, has always stepped up, and it's the least I can do if, and I think I am right, if I am right, it's the least I can do to step up and protect Texas Tech and do what's good for Texas Tech and for Amarillo. I love Amarillo, and, and I love the Texas Panhandle, West Texas. And so that's how I guess my emotions run is with Texas Tech, and they're very deep and very strong. We've talked about the, uh, the, the, the gift. The only comments I've heard has been from the chairman, and he talks about transparency. Well, I don't like that term because to me it's just another word for looping. I, I would prefer honesty and in, uh, honor and integrity which I'm not sure he's long on that. Hmm. I think if he was honorable, he would step down. He would resign. Resign before the end of his term. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think he should. You know, I'm a lone voice out there, but if anybody else agrees with me, they they need to start either emailing or writing to him and the governor. I think he should. What he did to, to Bob Duncan, to me, was a disgrace. As much as Duncan has done for Texas Tech, and maybe I'm doing it as all of this, standing up because of my friendship with, with Chancellor Duncan, but I, I think he ought to resign. I think he ought to do the honorable thing and resign. I'm going to go take a break and get back in with you here with Jerry Hodge. Here on the program, this will all be edited out on the podcast. Uh, stick with us. The rest of Jerry Hodge's interview coming up. At Smith South Plains Ford, we're all about a better car buying experience. We understand that shopping for a car is a big deal, and that's why we believe in listening to what matters to you. Come see us in Leveland, where we have a wide selection of new Ford cars and trucks and an excellent sales staff. Love your car, love your dealership at Smith South Plains. On Highway 114 in Loveland, Texas, or online at smithsouthplains.com. Love your car, love your dealership, Smith South Plains. Hey, welcome back at in. This Ford, segment is brought to you by Daniel. What's happening? We understand that okay. shopping for a car is there. Okay. Uh, this segment brought to you by Lubbock File Room, providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services. You know, just drive down the dirt road and throw the uh, steering wheel into the bar ditch. That's what we do. Uh, so, uh, safe and secure storage and shredding services to Lubbock and the surrounding area since 1992 for a free and hassle-free estimate. Give LubbockFileRoom.com and call today at 806-744-7666. That's 806-744-7666 to jump back in with Jerry Hodge. Exclusive audio here on the other side of Texas. Here we go. Uh, We'll just let it speak for itself where Jerry Hodge begins uh, to say what effectively no one else is willing to say. And uh, queuing that up, here we go. Here we go again. Is he the only one who should resign? Well, I think if he doesn't resign, then the governor needs to come out and publicly say that he's not going to reappoint him in January. And 
Now, the governor, and hey, I like the governor. We supported him. We had a fundraiser here for him last week. We participated in it. I think he's done a good job for Texas. He denies having anything to do with it. But my information, and I will tell you, some of it comes from, uh, from some of my Aggie friends that are kind of bragging that the governor's office had stepped in on this. To what extent, I don't know. I will, uh, I'm going to make some comments about John Sharp. Okay. I've known John Sharp for over 30 years. And then after I get through talking, you can ask me more questions if we have time. But we've had a friendly, cordial relationship. Uh, he and I don't always agree, but we have worked on things that we have agreed upon. And West Texas A&M is one of them. Their nursing school needs to be expanded. Some of us in Emerald are working to do that. I would like to see West Texas A&M work with Texas Tech to establish a nursing school at Texas Tech in Amarillo because we have a shortage of nurses. The hospitals are begging for more nursing students. They're having to recruit them out of Dallas, fly them in, work however many hours and days, and then fly them back. We need more nurses in Amarillo. There's a place for both of them. I think, and I've tried to explain this to you know, West Texas A&M, that I think the vet school will help their agricultural program, their health sciences stuff. And I would hope that at some point we can get them all together and work on these things together. I don't think it hurts Texas A&M uh, Veterinarian School, but uh, we do have a shortage of vets, and, and I support that. Now, I'm going to tell you this about John Sharp. Like I said, I've known him for 30 years. We've agreed and we disagreed on different issues, but he has always been a straightforward guy to me. Look me in the eye and say, Jerry, you're wrong. I disagree with you. And I've been able to do the same thing with him. We disagree on the vet school very much. But I'm going to say this about Sharp. He is a competitor. He is a fighter. And if we get this vet school approved, then we got to have a strong board of regents because John Sharp will bite, kick, poke you in the eye, and kick you on the shins. <laughs> so we got to have a strong board of regents. That's another reason I think the chance that the chairman ought to step down. Hmm. And, and the other thing I, I think that what we ought to do is Maybe looking putting that dental school here in Amarillo. We got property out here that we'll provide for them. Are you saying that you'll donate property if Tech moves we, the dental school to Amarillo? We will get them free property to move the dental school, put it in Amarillo. I guarantee you that. Wow. Uh, Jerry Hodge here with us, a household name now <laughs> in the region. Uh, is Francis, I want to go back to my other question. Is Francis the only regent that should resign? We we call they're called by different names. We call them the Regent Gate Five here on the program. Some call them the Aggie Five. Um, should should it just be Francis who steps down in your opinion, or should others? You know, there's a lot of internal stuff I don't know about, but he's the chairman of the board, and he's the one that screwed all this up. So he ought to be the first to go. Jerry Hodge, have you been? A chairman of boards in the past? I'm assuming you have been. Yes, I have. If you went into an executive meeting with as mayor, let's say you've got, I don't know, nine, seven, let's say that you've got there in Amarillo, I believe, five, five city council people, something like that. Five, five, including the mayor. If, if you went into executive and something was very contentious, and I'm told that the meeting involving your gift and then the meeting thereafter uh, with Duncan's uh, where the informal vote that wasn't a vote but was a vote happened, 3-2, wouldn't you as chairman bring that back out into open session and let everybody have their public say so that it's all in the public purview and everybody knows where everybody fell? Do you think that Francis threw the regents under the bus here? I think he did, at least 
four of them. <laughs> I don't I don't know any of them, and I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know the. You know why they? You know they talk about transparency. That's a crap. It's just, I don't believe that. It's mind-numbing to me, Jerry Hodge, that you have ten million dollars up in a proposal, and you've not heard from any regents this week, including Rick Francis, in the fallout of all this. They've all just left you on the sideline. Oh, I think they think I'm radioactive, and they don't know me. But I'm not backing down, and I'm, I don't know how many listeners you have, but if, if any of those people out there agree with me, you need to start writing letters, emails, and whatnot. Even if you don't agree with me, your voice needs to be heard. Don't just leave a few out there that are trying to fight for what's right and what was wrong is what uh, they did to Chancellor Duncan, period. I... He has done a he has done a lot for Texas Tech, and he's done a lot for Lubbock. I have um, I opened this interview by saying that you're suddenly a household name within a lot of Red Raiders in West Texas within their homes. I, uh, I wonder if, do you feel like you're a lone voice here? Have you heard from other people who said, we support you, keep going? Even though, I mean, it's a little bit counterintuitive. Like in normal circumstances, and I guess this speaks to Duncan's regard that you just laid out, Jerry Hodge. In normal circumstances, a donor who withdraws a $10 million gift might even be spat upon, maybe with Copenhagen in West Texas. But what's been the reaction to uh, that you've heard from people since you've withdrawn the gift? Well, I've had several people come up and tell me they agreed with me, and uh, they're upset at what the regents did to Chancellor Duncan. Anybody that knows him could think anything other than that. And I even had one from a small town outside of Amarillo, uh, a banker, a Texas Tech graduate, and call me, and I said, hey, don't call me. Call the governor. Send them messages. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny because I'm working on an open letter to the governor, and the obstacle I've run into is finance, so i got to change it from I to we. Wait, uh, sorry, uh, you just cut out there. The you cut out there on the audio. Say that again. You're working on the open letter of the governor, and then what? Then I've had so many people wanting to sign it with me that I've had to change it from from my from first person to a plural mm -hmm. if we put everybody's name on there. But anyway, here's another thought. I you've got nine board members. They're all men. Nobody from Lubbock, nobody from Amarillo. I think the closest one was Midland or Abilene. Uh, why don't we have some women on there? There's good women in Amarillo that are tech supporters and graduates. I'm sure there's some good ladies in Lubbock that would be great board members and break up this good old boy system. You know, George McMahon, a really well-respected uh, developer in Lubbock, uh, Mark McDougal, Delbert McDougal, developers in Lubbock, uh, took a stand against uh, what they they felt like the governor may have had a role in what had happened. Uh, at least George McMahon did. And when George McMahon was disinvited from the governor's event based upon comments that it's pay-to-play to be a regent, uh, his money was sent back. He was disinvited, and then George and then Mark McDougal and his father Delbert McDougal pulled out because they didn't like the way that George and Linda McMahon were treated in all of that. Uh, I think that they met the same sort of uh, response that you've gotten. That you know, way to go, way to hold strong. So uh, I know that you may feel. Uh, Jerry Hodge like a lone wolf out there, but I think once you start to begin to combine the region up, that there are a lot of people who once they see folks like you and folks like the McDougals and the McMahons jump in, 
that there's a lot of momentum here. And so I state all that to say you want to write an open letter. If people want to be a part of your open letter, how how could they be a part of it? I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't. You tell me. I mean, I you know I'm not big on emails and and uh, certainly don't do Twitter or all that other stuff. At my age, you know, you just don't do that. Well, uh, how about uh, and look, I yeah. don't I want to advise you, but. How about people, and we'll put up emails uh, where people can reach the governor and can reach uh, Rick Francis, and they just make their subject line of their emails, I stand with Jerry Hodge. If they would do that, I would be happy. Uh, you know, I would, I would appreciate it. Uh, I have a lot of people that, you know, say nice things to me about standing up. Mm-hmm. I would like for somebody else to stand up with me. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Hodge, I want to ask you this, and we're getting, unless you've got more to throw out there, and you're welcome to. I told you you could have as much time as you wanted here. Um, do you, you think that a solution, should, as you said earlier, the honorable thing would be for Rick Francis to step down do you believe absolutely okay um do you do you do you plan on throwing in your hat for a regent position do you know people in amarillo that would want to throw their hat in no i do not and i am absolutely not a candidate period you're too busy because as everybody's always read and the, the most feedback i've gotten on your email uh, number one was wow. Number two was don't ever call Jerry Hodge during a Cowboys game. <laughs> well, that's true, but you might start at the way they played uh, Sunday. <laughs> you might have some available time on your hands. Yeah. Um, I I appreciate you trying to make all this clear with us. Is there uh, obviously you think Francis needs to step down? I will ask you this: uh, we've written extensively on the website backed it up with research and you may not answer this i don't know but from a businessman standpoint a businessman who's got 10 million dollars to propose and then withdraw uh do you do you think that maybe rick francis has some ulterior motive here outside of well he disagreed with over five million dollars over the course of four years that Maybe there's some preservation that he has in place for, I think a lot of people would ask this question. Uh, is there some ulterior motive as to why, I think you've made it clear, and tell me if I'm wrong, he effectively wants to kill the vet school. Do you disagree? That's with it? It. It's the, the, the vet school is the bottom line on all of it. And I will tell you, there's only two groups, well, maybe the regents, I don't know, but two groups that are happy that we've, Margaret and I have withdrawn this. One of them is John Sharp and my Aggie buddies, and the other are four kids because that was coming out of their inheritance. And maybe Rick Francis, too? Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know about that guy. I know nothing about him other than, you know, he did a shameful thing. I. Uh, are you have you completely taken off the table of going back and looking you and Margaret are you is this is this gift permanently withheld or is it temporarily withheld Jay I'm not going to answer that because who knows what happens tomorrow uh, I have not had any conversation I will tell you this Margaret and I were talking last night, and she says, you know, we were so excited about all of this, and now, you know, we got such a bad taste in our mouth. I'm just sick about it. Margaret says, I wish you'd just be quiet occasionally and and, and not be doing this. And I said, Margaret, it's the right thing to do. What they did to Chancellor Duncan was totally wrong, and... Hopefully I'm not the only one standing up for him because he is an honorable, 
man, and I have a lot of respect for him. Do you, uh, this has been my argument. This is my last question to you, Jerry Hodge, unless you have something else to throw in. And we will put up the emails to reach the governor and to reach um, to reach Chairman Francis and whenever we post this there on othersideoftexas.com. Uh, but do you think that, well, I don't know quite how to state it. Um, you don't know if you're going to... You don't know if you're going to revisit it or not, correct? You're not ready. No, to... ask me something. Ask me something else. Okay. All right. Well, I was going to dig in on that question. How but... the red Ra- how, how the red raiders going to do Saturday? Let's well, talk about that. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, we're going to. Of course, you and I are pre-recording, and Chris Level, the master of all Texas technology, will have been on before you. Uh, so I can't quite answer that question right now. I'm going to the game. And uh, I'm going to wear my cotton, and I hope that we do well. Uh, I can't, like you, I can't answer that question, Jerry Hodge. <laughs> well, I, I tell you one other funny thing about uh, John Sharp. I get a call early Monday morning. I just got in the office, and I was fixing me coffee. And Karen, my assistant, came in and said, John Sharp's on the phone. I said, Karen, which one of my friends are, is harassing me? She said, no, I think it's John Sharp. I said, really? He said, yeah, I think I think it's John Sharp. I said, okay, uh, I'll get it, put it in my office. And then she said, who's John Sharp? And I'm, I can't wait to tell him that everybody in Texas doesn't know him. Uh, Jerry Hodge, I tend to think, uh, I think that he called you in the response of our posting your email uh, to Texas right. Tech, and uh, he had already read it. I tend to think that he's going to call you back about uh, why your assistant doesn't know his name by the time he hears this audio. <laughs> hey, but John did call me, and we we discussed that, and he is right. He didn't, and I'm convinced of it. And that's what an honorable person does. You but know? what does it mean, well, though, Jerry? So I hear you say that, and I just i am back to the confusion where I started. What does it mean that John Sharp had the wherewithal to call you, but none of these five regents who've had development officers working with you, as you say, for two years, you don't get the courtesy of a call from any of those five, but you get a call from John Sharp? And somewhere I can hear John Sharp laugh-belling right now because he called you, but you didn't get a call from any of the five. Well, you know, that's, I guess that's different in the character of people or how they handle issues. Uh, John Sharp and I have agreed on some things, but we've disagreed on a lot of stuff all the way back to when he was controller. So, you know, but at least I can tell him, hey, John, you're crazy. You're out of line on that. Or he does the same thing to me. But, uh, you know, how I find out all about this is from a reporter. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That doesn't blow my skirt up. <laughs> well, Jerry Hodge, here's what we're going to do. If you want to be a part of the Jerry Hodge movement, Red Raider Nation, uh, send an email with the subject, I stand with Jerry Hodge. This will be up on com. I stand with Jerry Hodge, and then you can make your own statements to the governor, to the chairman, uh, in about any other regions that you want to. And what I'll do offline, Jerry Hodge, is try to connect you with somebody who can help you organize an open uh, an open letter publicly that people can jump in on. Okay. Hey, and Jay, not only the people that agree with me, the people that don't agree with me. Okay. People need to be heard. This is a big deal. You got it. Uh, Jerry Hodge, uh, tell Margaret we said hello, and please let her know that uh, think that we're sitting at around 40 minutes of audio. None of it will be edited, so it's all your fault, not mine. Well, don't let her know that I did this. I tend to think she's going to know that she did this. Jerry Hodge, thanks for coming on. We hope to hear from you in the weeks to come. All right, let me know. Thanks. Uh, all right. Thank you, Jerry Hodge.
Hey, so uh, jumping back in as we close out the program, you want to send an email with the subject matter, I stand with Jerry Hodge. You can do that. Uh, I think it's uh, Texas Tech Board of Regents at TT. No, excuse me. Board of Regents. Let me just start over clarify. Board of Regents at ttu.edu with the subject line, I stand with Jerry Hodge. Uh, you can get it there. Board of Regents at ttu.edu. You can also email the, the uh, governor's office, John with an H, John dot. Whitman, so it's J-O-H-N dot W-I-T-T-M-A-N at gov dot Texas dot gov. J-O-H-N dot W-I-T-M-A-N, excuse me, John dot W-T-T-M-A-N at gov dot Texas Gov Border Regents at ttu.edu and just put in your subject matter. I stand with Jerry Hodge. Uh, that will be up. Uh, we've got that whole interview transcripted, going to be up on other side of Texas.com. Thanks for sharing this uh, edition of the program. They're on your iTunes or Whatever device you're using, you're going to be able to see this program. Thanks for sharing it with friends and uh, hanging out here on the other side of Texas. Going to get home. Got to get home. Above average dinner. Great family waiting on me there at the Lease in Ponderosa. I hope the same is true for you. Let's go focus on the things that matter there at our homes. Appreciate you tuning in. Great content tomorrow. Gonna get in some cotton, maybe get in with a whole lot of other things. Never know what we're gonna get into here on the other side of Texas. No, we're gonna get into it with you, and I'm thankful for that. See you next episode here on the other Emily side. Emily Jones.